your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and I'm my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and today we want to let you guys know that you can help your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. However, right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Uh, it's Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. We are two days removed from the 33-16 loss. The Houston Texans suffered by the hands of the Baltimore Ravens where a lot of things went wrong. Could not stop the run game, was not able to control the time of possession, was not able to get off the field when your defense needed a break. The offense was not fluid enough. So there are the so there's a lot that transpired on Sunday that we kind of want to dig into today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give you guys some numbers. The Texans allowed 13 quarterback hits against the Baltimore Ravens. We know that Deshaun Watson was sacked four times, uh, but he, they did allow 13 quarterback hits. Along with that, the Texans so far throughout the first two games, they have allowed eight sacks, 20 quarterback hits, and 27 quarterback pressures. Not the way this Laramie Tunsil-led offensive line wanted to start their year off, Cody. They they came into this season thinking for the first time we have a returning offensive line that has played with one another. To, to a sense, you know, um, Titus Howard only played eight games last year, but he started those eight games, played some guard, played tackle, kind of, at least what we thought, solidified himself as the right tackle. He also got hurt on Sunday, but he was able to come back to the game. But they were very hopeful of this year, considering that they was going to have some continuity. Eight sacks through two games, 20 quarterback hits, 27 quarterback pressures is not good. And if you guys can recall, I've said this months ago, when a lot of the new coaches coming in, old coaches going out, You know, I kind of call for Mike Devlin for this to be his year. Mike Devlin has been here for a while, and he never really seemed to really, as an offensive line coach, let me state that, Mike Devlin is the Houston Texans offensive line coach. He never really seemed to have a difference in the, the offensive linemen that they brought in. Now, I will say that there was a lack of talent at that position for a few seasons, but as an offensive line coach, there are certain things that I am really worried about. Um, Titus Howard in his first step in his hand placement, when it looks at, when I look at pass protection, uh, those are some things I'm worrying about, you know, I will give him a pass. Only played eight seasons. I'm sorry. I will give him a pass. Only played eight games last year. Had a very difficult time uh, staying healthy throughout the year. You know, went on IR. His first two games are against the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. But there are certain things that I will give you a pass for only for so long. And I won't continue to, you know, kind of say, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, But Titus Howard, Zach Fulton, who, you know, has been in the league, he's a veteran. They're having a lot of issues right now with blitz pickups. 
and Mike Devlin has just never seemed to really hit a curve with training up offensive linemen here in Houston. I don't want to make it sound like I'm using an excuse, but it's not Mike Devlin's fault. You said it best, and that's something that I even talked about on yesterday. You you just gave the totality of the numbers that the Houston Texans offensive line gave up on Sunday. Remember, I told you, that was at least 14 times on yesterday that I saw the Ravens rush Deshaun Watson. And out of those 14 times, 10 of them came from the right side of the offensive line. I get it. We had a lot of expectations for this offensive line, especially – that is especially that they have a leader in Laramie Tunsil, but Titus Howard, like I keep saying, what he have been doing these past two games, especially what he did on Sunday, cannot happen. But you still have to realize that this is still a guy who is trying to play his way back. You mentioned that he got hurt on Sunday. Actually, he got hurt the very first game against the Kansas City Chiefs with an ankle injury. That's the reason why he was limited in practice all last week. So hopefully he can, once he get that ankle up to speed, we can see a better version of him, a better version of Titus Howell, mean a better version of the offensive line. A better version of the offensive line means possibly a better version of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans offense as a whole. But at the same time, you have to keep that in mind. But John, I do agree with you. And I've been saying this this whole entire week. Well, I've been saying this the last two weeks. The game against the Ravens was the last time that we were giving this team a pass. Their season starts, literally, it starts on Sunday against the Steelers. And like I mentioned on yesterday, I'm going to say it again. If Titus Howard is not healthy, he needs to sit down for a couple snaps, let Roger Johnson get some reps in. Because what I saw on Sunday when Johnson was in, that was the best version I've seen of that offensive line this whole entire season. Yeah, I get it. It's only two weeks, but the offensive line did look better. So, John, once again, if Howard is not healthy or if he's not able to live up to the potential that we saw in his rookie year, he has to sit down because even though I say their season it starts on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, this team is already in trouble. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you 
amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yesterday during our recap show, John, you said something that really sparked interest in me, and I want to basically pick up that conversation where we left off because it was a sentence that you said. And what you said on yesterday was, right now, you don't see a difference between Bill O'Brien's offense and Tim Kelly's offense. And I agree with what you were saying because, I mean, right now there were – within these first two games, there was at least possibly three, maybe four plays where you looked up and scratched your head and was like, why, why did the Texans run that play? Why did Tim Kelly find the need to call that particular play on that particular drive on that particular moment of the game? But, John, I'm going to slightly disagree with you just a little bit and say that I do – see a difference between Tim Kelly's offense and Bill O'Brien's offense. And what I see throughout these first two games, I think Tim Kelly is putting Deshaun Watson in a position where he's not going to be able to flourish underneath his play calling. And I say that because when you, when you take a look at these first couple of games, it seems like Tim Kelly has created this offense that he's trying to make Deshaun Watson into the traditional quarterback. And we all know that Watson is the prototypical 2020 quarterback in this league, one of the best that we have. And when you compare him to to his contemporaries, and I thought about this because when I'm looking back at the highlights of everything that happened during week two, I saw Patrick Mahomes, of course, Lamar Jackson, he did it right here in Houston, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I, I watched these guys who are compared to Watson the most. I watched every single one of these quarterbacks literally put on a show. And we all know, just like Watson, Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, and Rodgers, they are not the traditional quarterback. But what I noticed that Watson do not have and what those guys have is a coach who has basically built an offense, built a system around their unique skill set. We all know what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid was able to do. I mean, hell, Andy Reid has been doing this ever since, what, 2001, 2002, when he had Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia and also did it with Michael Vick when he got him as well. John Harbaugh, we saw what he's able to do with the Ravens. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson over the last five years, and of course, and we all know what Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy was able to do almost for a whole entire decade. But just like I just said, it seems like every single one of those coaches and their coaching staff created this system for their unique skill set. And that is the reason why not only those quarterbacks, but the team was able to flourish down here in Houston. Deshaun Watson don't have that. And when you take a look at these first two games, I would like to think that Deshaun Watson was a little bit better with Bill O'Brien more so than he's with Tim Kelly right now. And to be honest with you, John, if the season continues to go the way the, the way the first two weeks have gone, what Tim Kelly is doing, I don't think we're going to see that much of the Houston Houdini this season. And I know that might be a stretch, especially nobody within the Houston Texans organization look good throughout these first two weeks, but I'm not convinced by what I see in Tim Kelly. And one more thing, you and I just finished talking about how bad the offensive line has been, especially on his right side. And I get it. I know that also has something to do with Deshaun Watson's lack of production over these first two games of the regular season. But, John, 
even when the offensive line has looked good in pass protection, I still have not seen the Deshaun Watson we all started loving throughout his first three years. Let's say two years because he was robbed his rookie season, but we did still fall in love with him. I have not seen Deshaun Watson look comfortable playing under Tim Kelly. And I just wanted to bring that up because what you say yesterday, I would like to say is 90% true. Sometimes you don't know the difference if that was a Bill O'Brien play call or a Tim Kelly play call. But as of right now, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be able to flourish with Tim Kelly calling the shots. Here's the thing about that statement, Cody. The fact that you think that Bill O'Brien was better for Deshaun Watson. How about the fact that Deshaun just had better players around him? He had his very clutch safety blanket. That's another thing. Like He had a safety blanket that was – the best safety blanket for the for a quarterback to have in the league, not named Michael Thomas, not named uh, Mike Evans. You could throw him in, not named Julio Jones, right? Not named Antonio Brown. He's he had one of the best safety blankets in the league. Also, going into this year, we look at how much has transpired. Um, no preseason, not being able to get guys on the field, not being able to get game reps. That has truly hurt the Houston Texans, but. I look at this team and I'm not seeing any real direction from what Bill O'Brien established over the course of his six years calling plays. I, I don't see they here's what bothers me. They throw in a wrinkle here with the tight end RPO. Uh, we could either run it or uh, dip it, dish it off to the tight end. They throw that wrinkle in, which I like that play. They throw in a couple of quick passes, but my issue is, Cody, it is not consistent. It's not enough. It's not enough because considering I just told everybody what has been happening since Bill O'Brien arrived with Deshaun Watson in 33 games on opening drives. That also includes the having the talent of Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, when he's actually on the field, he normally plays week one. So, uh, Kenny Steele's last year, you can mix and match whoever you want to throw in at tight end. You had Carlos High last year. You had Duke Johnson last year and this year along with David Johnson. You've had talent. Uh, but not being able to go out and score consistently on opening drives is a problem. And that was a problem that was, you know, the Texans were dealing with under Bill O'Brien, and offensively, when I look at this team, what I see now is they're not really having a sense of urgency. I put that on the players and coaching staff, which is why the the whole question of does he have the right coaching staff for his skill set is in question because if you did, you would put your quarterback in more winnable situations. You would allow him to, at times, call your own play. Read what you want to read. See what's out there. If you feel like you need to make a change, make it. Do that more consistently. You are an athlete of above this world. You are 25 years old. You are in the fourth year, entering your prime. You compare with Lamar Jackson. You compare to Patrick Mahomes, some of the great young quarterbacks. He needs to be a little bit more free out there. And ultimately, I just don't see Tim Kelly, at least as of yet. Let me Please let me put that in. As of yet. I don't see Tim Kelly putting a lot of his his skill players in winnable positions, at least not yet. I want to see more real motion in the offense. I want to see some misdirection more consistently. 
allow these receivers to run a full route tree throughout the game. I just want to see consistency. And here's the thing. If in the first two games we have not saw that out of Tim Kelly just yet, and I'm not overreacting like a lot of people may be, but if we haven't seen consistency on the offense in the first two games as of yet, then there is no difference between Bill O'Brien Kelly's offense because that was the same thing, the same problem that plagued Bill O'Brien when he called plays. It was never consistent. I get that he lost his security blanket. And I actually thought about that too. I thought about the fact that it might be, matter of fact, that might be one of the biggest reasons why we have not seen Deshaun Watson look too comfortable out there on the field. But John, let me ask you this. The guys that I just named, Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, and, and Rogers, they never had a DeAndre Hopkins on their team. In every single one of those quarterbacks, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, because he's just not getting started, but every single one of those quarterbacks have been extremely successful not having a DeAndre Hopkins on their team. If Deshaun Watson needs to be the Houston Houdini with Hopkins, then we have a whole nother type of situation that we're dealing with here. But I don't think that's the issue. The issue, once again, is Deshaun Watson needs to be in the system. The Texans need to accept that system and create a system where he can flourish and use his talent. Because once again, the guys that I just named, none of them had a DeAndre Hopkins on their team, which means I believe Deshaun Watson could be just as good, if not better than the four guys that he's always compared to. But he can't get to that because the Texans have actually limited him. If you want to go back and say Bill O'Brien started limiting him, I would give you that because there were a couple of times I was like, Bill, you have a phenomenal quarterback. Let the man go to work. I think we, we need to make that a slow slogan. Let, let Deshaun Watson go to work. But when you look at Tim Kelly, I think we're seeing less of Deshaun Watson going to work versus what we did with Bill O'Brien. All I'm saying is the Texans, Bill O'Brien, Tim Kelly, they need to come up with a way to create a system for this man to flourish. Because what I don't want to happen, we get to the end of his contract in the next five seasons, Deshaun Watson is thinking to himself, man, if only if I had a coach that allowed me to do X, Y, and Z. I, I don't want that to happen for this guy. I told you guys about Bill Barr, how great Bill Barr is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. Over the break, John and myself came up with a slogan that we're going to use throughout this whole entire season for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be called let Watson work. You got to let that man go out there on the field and work. You got to. I mean, listen, he is your star. He is the guy that Houston fans have been praying for since the inaugural season. Went through Derek Carr, 
I'm sorry, David Carr. Went through Matt Schaub, his era, went through the Sage Rosenfield trying to, you know, fill in for Matt Schaub or any quarterback at that time, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Went through all these different – Brock Osweiler, for God's sakes. Went through all of these quarterbacks. He's the guy you've been praying for. Let him work. Before letting him work, make sure he got some protection. Then you go out there and let him work. As simple as that. It was selfish. It was, it was a stupid play. It was selfish. Um, it's some, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Ross before, and so it, it pisses me off. I mean, it's a very selfish move late in the game, um, and it, it, it's dumb, very dumb to hurt your team in that type of setting for, for no reason. That was J.J. Watt speaking about Ross Blacklock and uh, just what he wanted to call basically a boneheaded decision by Ross to get ejected by swinging a punch. I mean, I, I, I didn't see it uh, on film during the game, but he did get ejected towards the end of the game. You don't want to see a rookie make those type of mental mistakes. However, I think if you're going to make that mistake, it's okay to make it your rookie year. Frustration, you know, I'm looking at Ross, who's from the city of Houston, played his first home game here at home, just probably wanted to win. Tempers got flared up a little bit. Uh, they were getting crushed. Simply as that, you allow 200-plus yards, getting crushed, probably pissed off, not able to contribute the way you wanted to contribute. And and so just, you know, tempers flared, and he did what he did, got ejected. The leader, one of the leaders on this team, did what he felt was necessary. However, I, you know, I, I find myself saying everything J.J. Watt said was accurate, not disagreeing with that. But I find myself thinking to myself, you could have done all of this without being on camera, without a post-conference, without the cameras in your face. You could have done all of this for this young buck. First time in the league, first time playing at home, uh, can't necessarily play in front of his family and friends like he would want to. Like I said, you were getting killed by the Ravens on the ground defensively. Got pissed off, did what he did. But I believe as a leader, the best way he could have handled that was pulling him to the side, which I'm sure he did, talking to him the way that he talked to us, but we just didn't have to be around here any of it. I, I, don't, I don't believe it was necessary to kind of put Ross on blast like that in front of the media, um, especially J.J. being a vet in this league for 10 years now, going on 10 years now. None of that we needed to know. He could have gave a Bill O'Brien response, which is basically a lot of nothing at the same time of saying something, still at the same time of not saying nothing at all. Uh, but when I look at Ross, he's going to be okay. Uh, I'm actually – I see where his athleticism is one of his strengths, but there was a play where Ross got completely pancaked, and I'm thinking to myself, Ross Blacklock is a little light ass for the inside technique defensively. So I am wondering if they will move him around the line and, and let him work at some of the DN position or if he's just going to gain weight eventually, put on some muscle to get some of that NFL strength he's going to need. But young guy, second game in the league, did not have a preseason, did not have OTAs, rookie OTAs or anything. He'll be okay. I just feel like J.J. could have handled that differently without us knowing is all I believe. Well, to J.J.'s credit, he did mention that he pulled 
Ross Blacklock to the side and spoke to him about the incident. He said he did it right when it happened. He said he did it in the locker room. I understand what you're saying. Um, I just wanted to put that out there that he did actually talk to Ross Blacklock a couple of times. But look, I get it. I kind of felt that too. I kind of felt he could have gave a Bill O'Brien <laughs> a political answer, however you want to put it. I felt like he could have done that. But at the same time, just like Ross Blacklock was frustrated, J.J. Watt is frustrated. And unlike Ross Blacklock, Watt knows he does not have too many wasted years left in his career. And they are already 0-2. The best that you, the worst you can get and possibly make a playoff in the AFC is possibly 8-8. So he's probably looking at this from a situation, I can't afford to lose no more than six more games in order for us to at least sniff the playoffs. So... You can say that was a lack of judgment on why the way, you know, how the way he handled it in the media. I mean, we've seen stuff like this happen all the time, especially you and I working in sports. We've seen players get into it. Media ask them about it. They do give a political answer. Nine times out of ten, it's always, that's my brother, that's my guy. I spoke to him in the locker room, and we're going to keep everything inside the locker room. I understand it. But at the same time, you got to remember why just as frustrated as Blacklock. So here's what it is. They're going to be okay. But what once again, is looking at this from a standpoint, I don't have too many more years to be wasting. Guys, we're getting out of here before the rain really gets bad. Had a little Wi-Fi issues earlier. I uh, want to say that you guys stay safe in the rain. Hopefully this doesn't become a Debbie Downer. We missed a hurricane. Now this tropical storm is really starting to pick up. Uh, but ultimately, I'm John some Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Remember, you can always catch our show that we love presenting to you, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe for the ones who are here in Houston. Please stay safe in this rain. Let's get through this tropical storm. Until next time, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.